0: Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick Network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski.
2: Third hour of OutKick 360 is here from 6th and Peabody. Yeehaw here in Old Smoky Moonshine, Nashville, Tennessee, our base. And across the OutKick Network, we say hello. Plenty of headlines to hit today. We will jump into some NFL discussion and then coming up in about 25 minutes I'll pose the question should the ACC membership should the universities and leadership at the individual programs be worried about the conference leadership and I will base it off of a quote in comparing leadership at the SEC and the Big Ten
3: this is what we do on the show we take one quote and we turn it into a big discussion. Well, I, I taking, feel like... I, and I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here. No. I think
2: we do this as well as anyone I, out there. Quickly, so yesterday, it took one practice for the quarterback's coach in Atlanta during a session with the media to say that Marcus Mariota is the starter. Arthur
0: Smith of, had kind of said it already. But, but definitively, but definitive. like they're, not,
2: they're not like trying to pretend that there's any type of push uh, for Mariota there from Desmond Ritter. But I, I ask this, uh, I bring it up because we have Atlanta who is telling us Mariota is starting. I think, I think we're going to see Rudolph, or excuse me, we're going to see um, Trubisky. Trubisky start in Pittsburgh. Yep. But they ha- they're not saying that. Tomlin continues to say and laugh and smile and say, Hey, ask me tomorrow because I don't have an answer right now. When asked, when they plan on naming a starter. And that'll so be every a stake all camp. Yeah, every day they're going to ask that. And then Trubisky likely, likely plays week one. And eventually we see Kenny Pickett play. But just comparing the two, those are the two places where we could see the rookie insert first, right? Um, Both third it's rounders? Not, it's not Carolina. What? Both third rounders? No, Pickett was the only first round quarterback.
0: Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry.
2: Um, Ritter Ritter went ahead of um, Malik Willis. And so uh, in, in thinking of those two, even though Atlanta has named Mario to the starter, would you guys, like if you just had all things being equal and you said, okay, it's even money, who would you put your money on to play first? When I say play, start. Injuries aside, here, you know how I don't like dealing with the injury factor because yep. it could happen with any position at any point. Uh, but for today's roster and what we know, which coach is likely to turn to the rookie first, Tomlin or Arthur Smith? Arthur Smith. Which? So the, the, my
3: answer is it's, it's a great question because I think my answer is different based on the perspective I, I look through. If, I, if you're asking me which coach would be quicker to go with the future and something new, Mike Tomlin or Arthur Smith? I think Arthur Smith, being the offensive guy, if they saw something in Ritter, they draft him 74th overall, third round, I think he'd be quicker to go the direction of the future, also being a second-year head coach. Mike Tomlin, who's had the same starting quarterback his entire career – would be more inclined to stick with a guy who's got starting experience and stay with him longer as opposed to going to the rookie and Kenny Pickett, even though Kenny Pickett was drafted well before Desmond Ritter.
0: Arthur Smith, as long as they feel like they could keep Ritter upright, uh, and yep. this isn't talking about Mariota's health concerns, it's talking about uh, not crushing the kids' confidence because Atlanta is a nothing team right now. They're waiting for the bucket loads of money to become available to them next year. And they never wanted Mariota. They don't want Mariota. They, they got him because he was the, the only thing available and it was better than nothing. They have a previous relationship and he knew he could make it function to, to some degree. Pittsburgh wanted Trubisky. I mean, they hadn't decided what they were doing well, draft-wise, and they got him on the very they first day, Trubisky, I think.
2: Yeah, you're right. And, but they also wanted, uh, they wanted Pickett. They drafted him in the first round in uh, Colbert's final draft, and Omar Khan's taking over, and he had been in the front office in all those meetings. Tomlin certainly was, too. So they're also validating where they selected him. Meanwhile, sure, but I think- Atlanta passed on the option to take Pickett. They didn't go young quarterback this year. And they waited all the way until the third round to get so they, Desmond Ritter. They weren't
0: going to force anything. And I think it's fine that Pittsburgh liked Pickett, ultimately took Pickett. But I think they decided early, we're going to get ourselves a veteran that yeah. can cover us for a while. And when, if and when we draft a rookie, we can go slow. See, and I- in Atlanta, they said, we have to stick our finger in the hole in the dam Uh, and we're going to do it with Marcus Mariota. Do we like Desmond Ritter? Ultimately, yes, in this position, which is not a position that dictates that we play him quickly. And basically, like, hey, last year we won more games than people expected with a kind of taped-together roster. We're going to try to do it again. We're not sacrificing anything. We're not going for a top pick in the draft. We'll land where we land, trying to slap it together. But ultimately... Uh, it's either going to be Ritter or it's going to be somebody else, and we'll see about that in 2023.
2: The, the Ritter, like so the, the other factor that Ritter isn't, isn't going to hear or face the same way we're going to see this in Pittsburgh is the demand to play the backup. The, uh, we mentioned it yesterday. It took two incomplete passes, and then you're hearing the chance. From fans that media media are pointing out. Atlanta's
0: got zero expectations. In Pittsburgh, you're always expecting to compete.
2: Yeah. But you've got... It's a little different, though, because you have the college guy from your city.
0: Who you're familiar with. Who was there forever. Your fans know him.
2: Yeah, and it has now been the first-round pick of the franchise to replace Roethlisberger. And you want to just go ahead and get him in and play him because he's a first-round pick. So... The demand for him is going to be loud because Trubisky comes in without huge expectations, but he's the best option in free agency at the time, not going the trade route this offseason. I'm, I'm interested in the two because it's not going to happen here, barring injury with Malik Willis, and it's not going to happen with Matt Corral no. in Carolina. So if you're if we start to really gauge where it turns this year and where the quarterback class is, is starting to be judged, it's on those two, and it starts with Pickett. But I think there's a chance we see Ritter first, um, just I out of you. sheer necessity. Well,
0: I, and then you set aside the injury thing. I mean, the reason it's going to happen, I think, is because of the injury it, thing. I mean, Marcus so. Mariota might not make it out of camp, depending who's? on how much he plays in the preseason. i got no faith in Marcus Mariota staying healthy. They put him in for a handful of plays last year in, for the Raiders, and he got hurt. Yeah. A handful of plays as a gimmick.
3: Separate of that first question, if both are healthy, who's the better NFL quarterback right now, Trubisky or Mariota?
2: I mean, I think it's neck and neck, honestly, Chad. It's
3: a tough one, right? I mean. <laughs> that's part of it. you got to factor that in. Who's, Chad, who's I can't got, get who's words. Who's the to, better quarterback that could actually keep the job longer?
0: I can't get words to come out of my mouth to this question, and that's very rare. It's, it's a close I'll, comparison. I'll,
3: I'll
2: answer it. I think Mariota's better. Well, he certainly, he certainly has had more success um, given certain circumstances. It's so but, long ago. Well, it wasn't that long ago.
0: But I mean, that's so long Didn't ago he in his have, career, like, one
2: great game
3: with the Raiders. Well, second had to year in?
0: he was really good. Yeah, he had that one great game yeah. two years ago. But he's so far removed from his sustained success, which was his second. That's year. better than yeah.
3: that's better than never having sustained no, success.
0: I, I agree. <laughs> I think Trubisky. I think he's probably better, but it's hard for me to say. Well, it's
3: difficult because I, again, I'm asking the question, not who's had the better career. That would be Mariota overall. But who's better right now?
0: Here's my question, too. And I, I don't know the answer. I'm curious. I hope I read it somewhere. Has he changed? Because going into his last year, and you guys know this, I was obsessed with this. Going into his last year with the Titans, when we knew he had to perform big to get them to give him another contract, yep. and I asked him this repeatedly, you know, what are you changing about your approach? What, what are you changing going forward? How are you adjusting what you're doing to, to get different results? And he said... Repeatedly. I'm not. I'm doing what I've done the whole time. And I was like, how is this possible when your results have gotten so much worse that you are going to just stay the course? It was ridiculous to me that he wasn't changing anything. The one big change Marcus Mariota made when he's in Tennessee is hut and what? He started coming out for warm ups before the official warm ups (laughs) of the game. That's the one thing he did in his time here that he changed. If he hasn't changed at all like that, give me
2: Trubisky. The, the other thing to factor in of the two starters now is Mariota's familiarity with Arthur Smith. And Dave Ragone is the listed offensive coordinator. Yeah, who in, is his quarterback coach
0: for a time, right? Yeah,
2: briefly. So Early. Uh, he's, he's paired there with uh, Drake London, who's the, the, the rookie wide receiver. Um, they, they, of course, have Kyle Pitts, the rookie tight end, who is treated like a wide receiver. Big targets. Uh, Brian Edwards, who's a possession guy coming from Vegas, who may have played or practiced with Mariota uh, there. Um, I'm trying to keep the, the the time frame there. They have Cordero Patterson as a running back, though. Yeah, and and that's that's where it really becomes iffy for me. Is with Mariota, you've got to have a reliable, the run game. steady run. Yeah, you you everything's got to be in place. Yeah, to run that st- and, and with. With Trubisky, he does have Najee Harris. So, yeah, look,
0: in Pittsburgh, they're going to play defense and run. Trubisky's going to be supplemental and sometimes maybe ornamental if they can really, in a winter game, right? Well, that, Mario, so, you're right, does not have that luxury.
3: These are all, to, to truly bury it down and answer that question, the, the, the secondary questions are all interesting. Yeah. Who's the better quarterback right now? Trubisky right now or Ben Roethlisberger last year? For Pittsburgh,
2: based on what I watched, uh, it could be Trubisky. Throw. Yeah, Roethlisberger was really bad. I he was terrible.
0: Throw. He couldn't move and he couldn't throw. That's a bad combination. That's so.
2: I mean, it it, really as bad. shocking
3: as it sounds, could be Trubisky. The Steelers just went from a Hall of Fame quarterback to Mitch Trubisky, year. and they got better at quarterback. And they were already applying the same last year. One year to the next, they, they yeah. may have improved. They were seven I, of
0: seven, and I we do talked not, repeatedly about how the seventh team no in both one, conferences was going to be really bad, and they fulfilled that. Looking
3: at mm-hmm. both teams, not a, not a soul is going to say that the Falcons got better at quarterback from Matt Ryan to no. Mariota. Right. No. You could make the argument, just because the, as bad as You're Roethlisberger right. was
2: in the end, the Steelers are better at quarterback with Trubisky.
0: Even with a bad replacement.
2: Frank Reich, you mentioned Indy and, and Matt Ryan. Frank Reich is gushing over Matt Ryan.
0: The whole city is gushing over it. I wonder if Dockett will catch. They're any asked of about that.
2: how it, if, if things felt different from a year ago at this time, and Reich oh, said, "quote wait. It's night and day." <laughs> Like I, I can't let this go because they're going to throw Wright him under the bus every chance they Carson get Carson Wentz I to be there,
0: and now he's the he the, the for, trade, and now he's the reason for everything having been bad. It, you're right; he he's a connected to Wentz, so every time he berates Wentz, you're right; he's berating himself. But
2: he's like he's paraded as like this offensive mind genius, Guru. and Matt Ryan's going to make him look good because it, it's Matt Ryan. But whenever you attach yourself to Carson Wentz through that trade that they made. And give up what they did. Now, they, they, it, they lightened the, the blow.
0: Thanks to the commanders.
2: Yes, thanks to the Washington commanders. Who are but, dumber
0: than they are. Yes. But they
2: were dumb, too. And here's right. The team just gravitates towards him. You feel it from the team. You sense it from the team. And that's what we have right now with Matt.
0: Look, that make him sound like Jesus. Matt Ryan's <laughs> a, su- a sufficient upgrade from what they got. Don't get me wrong. But he's also old Matt Ryan. He's a mobile Matt Ryan. Uh, he's going to have to throw the ball away a, a lot. They're better with Matt Ryan, but he's not, G- he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Mahomes. He's not Brady. He so he, they're fooling themselves but, into thinking they've well, got that. But
2: the thing is, he doesn't have That's to be that. That's how bad that. it was. He doesn't have to be that because they have Jonathan Taylor, and if the head coach will turn this into a run-first mentality offense— they will be considerably better. And if they and, and play he defense, also, they got to
0: rush the passer and, and Stephon Gilmore's got to be good. He may be Jesus
3: from a leadership perspective. doesn't mm-hmm. mean he's a great quarterback right now. I mean, I buy what they're saying there. I'm, he's a pro. I'm yeah. sure he's coming there and he's made friends and he's done things the right way. And he's you know, talked to everyone in the building and he exudes an aura of leadership, professionalism, and everyone loves him and is drawn to him. Doesn't mean he's not going to go out there and look like an old man at times. But
0: Chad, they ma- they're making it sound like they've been forty years in the desert. Yes. two years ago they had. Jesus
3: Phillip- wasn't allowed to grow old. Two, <laughs> two years ago <laughs> we are seeing Matt Ryan grow old before our eyes. Matt two years ago we're gonna they have, had to keep having biblical references to Matt Ryan.
0: Two years ago they had Philip Rivers, who also was a consummate pro and guy, and gave them and all won. of these qualities, and they won. But. They're making it sound like, my God, Matt Ryan, we haven't seen a guy like th- this around here since a- yeah. Andrew Luck, who also wasn't that long ago, by the way. But, yeah, my God, it's been so barren for so It's not. I mean, Carson Wentz must have really, really, really had people <sighs> hating him in that building because they're making it sound like it's been a lot more than 17 games since they had a leader in the quarterback position. And Phillip Rivers was only 17 games ago.
2: It was pretty bad. I mean, knowing that Wentz, watching that one hard knocks. Where they go to Jacksonville and lose, and watching Wentz as soon as the game's over, they they're not even off the field yet, and he is going up to a teammate, laughing and cutting up oh. with a smile on his face, and he's mic'd oh, up, so we know it's it's odd. Well, the,
3: it's the the next day when Reich's they're cleaning out the locker, and he's going and like thanking some of the guys, the offensive but Frank, line. And he's just Frank Reich, goofy I, and I
2: put in the same boat. He wasn't yeah. laughing and cutting up, but the speech he gave in the locker room after the loss, with ownership there, with Ursay there about the mountain. Yeah, no, he said sometimes things just don't fall in your favor. And we're, we're that team this year. But it says nothing about you. We're all winners in this room. Yeah, no, it's just. No uh, just it just
3: doesn't fall in your favor. So. Has nothing to do with us. Our, our buddy Warren <laughs> Sharp. Completely Except out of everything.
2: A, yes. Our buddy Warren Sharp uh, sent this stat out about Indianapolis. Um, he, he tweeted out, look, he said, look, it's a huge upgrade for Indianapolis at quarterback. But ha- they have a sneaky start to the season. And then he references not just their schedule this year. But what they've done recently out of the gate. So week one, they are at Houston. Indianapolis is 0-8 That's a win. in week one since 2014. Um, keep in mind, they also they, uh, they lost to the Jacksonville last year in week one, did they not? Yes. Um, week two at Jacksonville. Indy is 0-6 at Jacksonville since 2016. I
0: mean, they absolutely have to win that game absolutely have yep. to win that
2: game week three against kansas city kansas city is 14 and two in the first month of the season with patrick mahomes as the starter two, two and one week four against tennessee indianapolis one and four in their last five against the titans
0: i think they'll split in, but that in indy if it's here where is it here or
2: there? it's uh, in indy indy wins two and two the first trip week five at denver short week road game at elevation against russell wilson two and, three. and that offense so there's their start to the season. But it
0: could be two and three, could be three and two. Yeah. I mean they're in it if,
2: if well, yeah, They started zero three last year. Yeah, it's a lot and, or better. We're still in. That's a
0: li- Look, if you start with Houston and Jacksonville after you started zero five last year, or zero no, three last year, zero three last year. I mean you're much better position. The league did them a big favor by giving them two patsies out of the gate.
2: Yeah, the Titan. I mean the Titans sent them zero and three. Yeah. Here last year. And the division
0: was almost uh, practically over. If
3: Matt Ryan is Jesus for the Colts, does that make (laughs) the media the apostles as they spread the word of of Matt Ryan as Jesus for the Colts?
0: Listen, those guys are not as bad as Dan paints them to be. Stephen Holder, who just went from the Athletic to ESPN, is very good. Mike Wells just retired from the beat. He was very good. They, They have to maintain relationships. Chris Ballard is a good salesman. I mean, John Robinson does the same thing here. With a lot of people, and John Robinson's got a good record, you know how, how much can you bash John Robinson? Chris Chris Ballard should have a team that wins this year. if he doesn't, I think that the the tone turns. I think they've gotten bashed for last year's ending. I don't think anybody in the Indianapolis media is get letting them off the hook for that failure last year. They got killed for that Jacksonville loss.
3: You gotta love Dockage's loyalty because he still just throws flamethrowers at anyone that says anything bad about Urban Meyer. I saw right. a Jacksonville player said something about, it's much better with Doug Peterson because we're treated like men again. You know, we're not treated like children. And I saw Dan go off on a tangent of, oh yeah. You know, you guys are real men there in Jacksonville. What what have you done? What have you done to deserve <laughs> that? You know, sorry that someone tried to do something different. Every time Well, I was on it.
0: with him on his indie show last week and he was supporting Carson Wentz saying like, Oh yeah, yeah Matt Ryan's going to be so much better than Carson Wentz. He's rattling off Wentz's statistics. I said, well, a lot of that stuff, Dan didn't translate to clutch performance in most important games, which is also a, uh, uh, you know, stat that doesn't have a number on it, but translates to very important. Hey, we, no, we can blow things
3: out of proportion when we see, you know, off field moments or whatever, we talk about this all the time, this guy was goofing off, this, this happened. But Hutton, you, you mentioned it, and we saw it. That hard knocks in-season deal with, I mean, it completely turned me off of Carson Wentz forever. Sometimes, as long as he's a player, I'm going to assume that he doesn't have it. We all know what it is with NFL quarterbacks. He doesn't have it.
0: Sometimes you just have to be somber. No matter, you know, I, I say that once in a while you get a still shot of a guy in a moment, you know. Well, maybe somebody did something to lighten the moment, whatever. That's unfair to judge. But sometimes you just absolutely have to be somber. The plane has to be quiet. Or just care. The locker room has to be just
3: have know, the appearance still. of someone who cares. Yeah, that's bad that, for. That's me. the problem. That's bad for a me. competitor.
2: Hit us up with your thoughts at OutKick 360. Coming up, we will compare answers to the question about conference realignment. And where we're headed in the Power 5 landscape. And we're comparing the answer of Kevin Warren to Jim Phillips. They're vastly different. That's next on Outkick 360.
1: What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie. Angie.
2: Outkick 360 rolls on. Big shout out to uh, the entire Outkick crew making the show happen today. Davey, Matthew, we've got uh, Jacob. Is Tyler back there? Tyler's, Tyler's back, back Tyler's there. Back, I haven't man. heard from Tyler today. Yeah, he's back We there. were just talking about the during the break. Up. I love the you, thumbs you up. You never know what you're going to... Colin's holding it down. It's was like night
0: here. outside. You can barely see Davey, those guys Davey, back there. Davey,
2: Matt,
3: everybody, everybody's in here right now. Shout so, out to uh, Becca and Sleepy Danny. Yeah. Let's get Becca and Sleepy Danny down here sometime, too. Let's make this a real family Sleepy affair.
0: Danny's been a Friday guy. He was here last Friday again.
3: Yeah, we need to, we need to get you him go. around Becca, more Becca, you're often. welcome
2: to come on Friday as well. Uh, they were just I telling me about a spot
3: in Nashville <laughs> for lunch where you can get, uh, they call it the recession special, and it's a fried bologna sandwich and a beer for like seven or eight bucks. That you can get somewhere for, for lunch. Roberts? World. Robert's? Robert's Western Ware. He
0: called it Western World. Isn't it Western Ware?
3: It's Robert's Western World, I thought.
0: All right, I'm wrong. Yeah. My bad.
3: And a moon pie. How about that? In downtown. So for all those, if you're either in Nashville or thinking about taking a vacation in Nashville. It's very affordable. Coming in town for SummerSlam yeah. this weekend. Yep. Robert's Western World. Fried bologna sandwich, beer, moon pie. Bucks,
0: yeah, forget about those $500 room rates. You can eat lunch for seven bucks.
3: I, um, so I, I recorded something this morning, went and grabbed coffee at a nearby hotel lobby that's a new hotel in downtown Nashville earlier today. And you guys would have loved seeing me in this setting because right next to me in this little lounge area, I'm sitting there getting ready for the show, drinking my coffee they're shooting some sort of commercial with a dog as a star in this hotel lobby.
0: Well behaved dog. Or very well behaved
3: dog. Very cute dog. I hope so. Some sort of Labrador, but they were posing for pictures and shooting something with this dog that was in like a throne in the lobby and then would run around the lobby. But this was all happening right around me. So much so that the director of whatever they were shooting came and grabbed the chair next to me and said, I hope you don't have someone joining here today. I said, no, I don't. I have no friends. Feel free. Take that chair for the dog. Took it away. And then this dog was the star of the, the commercial shoot.
2: They, uh, it wasn't a Border Collie? Those are the smartest dogs.
3: It, was, it looked like a very... Um, I feel like every time I see this type of dog, the dog is very old. And this is the first time I've seen this type of dog young. There are
0: no young dogs in it this was, breed. It was, they're it was they're like a, it out.
2: It was like a yellow lab, but it was white. <laughs>
0: it's Chad's that's dream. They're breeding it. this dog out of existence.
2: Yeah. The, uh, the Border Collie can understand, they say, up to a thousand words yeah. of language.
0: That's, that's impressive. That'd be a great dog to have as a single person. That's you more than some humans I know.
2: Yeah, yeah uh, more than
3: me. Right. There are a lot of people who tweet me about things I say on the show that they got <laughs> wrong. And I feel like the Border Collie... Could understand more words than them.
0: Um, we have a lot of Border Collie listeners.
2: <laughs> big with it's the Border Collie It's our fastest
0: growing uh, segment. It's going
2: to be big. Got some, uh, some words for you here from the two commissioners. Uh, so Jim Phillips, there was a point where Jim Phillips was being mentioned for the Big Ten commissioner position because he was, he was with Northwestern until 2021. Now he's the commissioner of the ACC. And uh, Stuart Mandel tweeted out screenshots of each Opening, it's not an opening statement. Each, their address to the conference at Media Days.
3: It's like the state of the conference address. In in regards
2: to where we're headed in college football. And knowing that Jim Phillips was being mentioned for the Big Ten and Kevin Warren got it after being an upper management and executive for the uh, Minnesota Vikings, the way that this is structured it doesn't look great for Jim Phillips. I'm not trying to make him look bad. I'm just asking the question, given the fact that the sec and the big 10 are on a clear path to continued growth and expansion and knowing, and the discussions that we've had about how the ACC has got to batten down the hatches, so to speak, hold it together, hold, yeah, hold serve uh, with, and, and the way to do it would be Notre Dame. We've gone through that, but keep your own. Here is, would you like me to start with Phillips or Warren?
0: Phillips is the new part.
2: No, I, I think, let's go with Warren okay.
3: first. I, I, Kevin I wanna, Warren. I want to hear what the week. big boys are saying before getting to Phillips.
2: Kevin Warren, I don't think you can close the door on future expansion. From a strategy standpoint, this is not the old college athletics. For the individuals and the conferences and schools that are not thinking that way, they're going to be Sears and Roebuck, a one time in the says in here they filed for bankruptcy in 2018. He didn't say that. The quote yeah. inserts that. That's straight and blunt. That's where this deal is going. We have about three or four more years of perpetual disruption. During that period, either you're going to embrace change and build a business and get stronger or not. That is the commissioner of the Big Ten.
0: Okay. We've, we've heard that
2: and we've absorbed Here's that. Jim Phillips. We are not the professional ranks. This is not NFL or NBA light. We all remain competitive with one another, but this is not, and should not be a winner take all or a zero sum structure. College athletics have never been elitists or or, or commercial. It has provided countless individuals with a path to higher education and therefore life-changing possibilities. Access, opportunity, and modern rules-based structure should all remain a priority as we continue to evolve.
0: Well, listen, I'll, I'll go first, Chad. I mean, there's an alpha-beta element to that, which I don't think is necessarily fair. There's also the new school, old school, with the with the ACC talking, hitting these talking points that have long been NCAA BS, that's highlighting things that simply are not what college football has become about. I was expecting him to say more. What I thought you were going to have him say was more about this isn't about expansion we're not trying to turn into the nfl there's a lot of unique stuff to college this is what he should have said i think there's a lot of unique stuff to college football that exists here that we should keep and maintain and that's important then he could have got me maybe on his side where it's not all about blowing up but that is a lot of smoke and bluster that doesn't have a lot of meaning
2: to it this is his philosophy on where the college landscape is. And we just heard, well, I just read it's a you very outdated. Warren's too. And, you know, it, we know the it's two in power. I, I, I was hoping that we would hear from Jim Phillips and the ACC as a collective group that would become part of the big three instead of the two-headed monster that, that we have. That. That's two-headed monster. And it's, not, it, it's, uh, it's a reluctance to embrace the change that is coming whether you're wanting it to or not. It's just not going to be put back into the box, unfortunately. And if you can realize that, and you can accept the fact that even though you don't want it to happen, it's going to happen. And even though you're partners with a, a major television network and a huge corporation in Disney they're still partners with these other conferences as well. And that's the direction that the big boys are going. Are you a part of that group? Or are you on the outside looking in, trying to keep things together like the Big 12 and the Pac-12 are currently attempting to do?
0: He's not come to terms with it, clearly.
3: He hasn't come to terms with what's going on, but... Because there's even a possibility you could have two diametrically opposed stances from the heads of conferences like that, from Kevin Warren to Jim Phillips, that is an example of why we can't put anything back in the box because there's no central leadership. You have conflicting ideas, conflicting goals. Everything is so different across the sport, and that's long been part of the charm of it, that different regions have different values, look at things differently, play the game differently at times, and, and that's always sort of worked in a very odd synchronicity. It's no longer the case. And until they can streamline this thing where there's actually a governing body of college football, where there's someone who's calling the shots, there is a Roger Goodell of college football, and there's, there's a structure to vote in rules and regulations and everything... This is going to continue, and I'm sorry, Jim Phillips, but if it continues this way, the money's going to win out. And you're not in line with – when you say that we've never – I think the the quote was singularly commercial, that college football's never been that. That's true, but it's becoming that with the Big Ten and the SEC.
0: And what's the ticking clock, guys, on that singular new governance? right? I mean, everybody seems relatively content doing their own thing as conference commissioners with that NCAA that's pretty powerless. Uh, It's not a bad arrangement right now if you're Sankey. It's not a bad arrangement right now if you're the Big Ten. You're content with your power, especially if the ACC is somewhat wimpy like it sounds here, especially if you're uh, watching the Pac-12 be victims with teams taken from them. It's on the Pac-12 and the Big 12 to now do something. ACC to try to hold itself together. Who's looking for the governance right now? Who's saying, who in power, who in a position of power is saying, what we need is full governance for college football from somebody other than the NCAA? Nobody's asking for it. We know ultimately it's necessary. The coaches are we know. asking
3: for it. I mean, Nick Saban's asking for it. There, there are people asking for it. I, but there's I think, not
0: widespread demand. Well,
3: the problem is like. you'd have to get the Big Ten and the SEC to agree, to agree. on something. And they're not in the mood to do well, that. I, they, I, they'd I thought, be the ones to choose it. I thought it.
2: yesterday was a huge point towards that, a step towards that. With the playoff? With Kevin Warren conceding that like he would SEC. come back down off of his perch of whatever was keeping him from agreeing with Sankey on college football playoff expansion. Sankey had first serve. And he, I mean, he said with us – on the show and he said at the podium last week like we can just wait this thing out because i'll be respectful about it to be you know, but we can wait this thing out when the when the college football playoff contract expires in 2025 and then we're going to get what we want anyway so do we expand now and make a ton more money and you get more member schools in we will too but you get more member schools in as well or do we just wait and let the contract play itself out and then we move forward based on what we want without needing you to, your vote to change the rules currently. The fact that Kevin Warren came back down off of whatever was going on behind the scenes in January to what he said publicly in regards to, you know what, you know what, maybe I would entertain uh, this expansion and maybe we don't have to have automatic qualifiers as, or as much as whatever he was trying to get. That, I mean, I, I said, wow, this is, This is a step in a direction where we do see the SEC and the Big Ten actually – Well, if if they're they're not in the same lane, they're on the same path. They're in
3: lockstep only for this reason. I I don't think this is Kevin Warren coming off his initial stance just out of nowhere because time happened, and then he decided to agree with Greg Sankey. What happened was he went and got USC and UCLA to counter them. So when he initially said he wanted an automatic qualifier from each conference and a limit on the amount of teams – that could go in
2: because per his conference.
3: fear was it's going to be an all-SEC. We're going to do a 12-team
2: playoff, and eight teams are going to be from the SEC. His fear is Iowa doesn't get in last year right. in an expanded playoff.
3: Right. So once he added USC and UCLA, I think he came back to the bargaining table and said, yeah, let's do it now because now I'm in an equally strong spot and I'm going to get multiple teams. We all know the Big Ten. But it's still much multiple of networks. Them. They were going to get multiple teams in before. They're gonna get multiple teams in now not as many just, multiple. Just like the SEC. But it's gonna take Big Ten, SEC, probably ESPN. There's gonna be multiple and sides another network of, all of this the Big Ten gets its way. To come together. Yeah, they, they wanna negotiate with multiple networks on the playoff. Well, the Big Ten still has Fox, too.
2: That Fox is still in it long It's gonna be
3: so hard to get a consensus from those groups to say these people or this person is going to run our sport and make decisions. And here's going to be the new constitution of how we do it. And then all of a sudden, Jim Phillips, who's being as old-timey as possible with what he's saying about college football, what's going to compel this new college football hierarchy to include some of the ACC? Oh, yeah, Wake Forest. Come on, buddy. We'll give you a fair split of what we're doing. Jump on board. Well, Th- it's that's, that's going to be the problem with a gonna, lot of this is they're just going to say, so yeah. long, we're taking off. But yeah. they don't...
2: It's either join us individually or GTFO is what it becomes. Because if, if the ACC doesn't end up with Notre Dame full-time, which Jim She's Phillips, the by the way, Lynchpin. he said, we continue to remain close with Notre Dame, and he added on there, they know that we would love to have them as a football member in the conference. Football member in the conference is is how he phrased that last week um, but but keep in mind the television deals that they're they're discussing the SEC and the Big Ten the Big Ten expects to have a hundred million dollar payout per program every year on this new agreement it's a billion dollar deal per season on what they're expecting to negotiate and finalize okay the ACC where they're locked into this ESPN grant of rights for what the next 12 years or something it expires in the mid 2030s yeah i think it's like 2036 every school gets around around roughly give or take a couple 35 million a year so if you're going to have the ace the the sec and the big 10 getting a hundred million dollars per school and you've got acc and clemson clemson who's been represented in the college football playoff on a regular basis they're looking and they're seeing Alabama and Georgia, who they're facing in the college football playoff, getting way more. Yeah, uh, you're multiplying that upon multiplying that with the money they're going to get on an annual basis and looking around going, what, what are we doing? Like, A- ju- that's just one example.
0: ACC people need to be courting Notre Dame every day. Yeah. Every and, and day. And Greg
2: Sankey said to every us school. last week, he is perfectly happy with Notre Dame remaining with their current status because he finds value in their brand staying independent. And I had a Fox News rundown last week where I used that quote and I said, Sankey's okay with that because if the SEC doesn't get Notre Dame and they stay independent, that also means that the Big Ten and the ACC didn't get Notre Dame and the money that's coming with them in that regard. So if they can't have it, they don't want anyone else to have it either.
0: How much does it suck though if your school like, Virginia or BC, you're minding your own business. You haven't done anything wrong. Yep. And your athletic future probably hinges on what Notre Dame does.
2: Yeah, it does.
0: And you're just sitting there waiting. Uh, all you can do is call up Notre Dame and say, hey, guy, we, we really want you. We'll send you, what can we do? We'll send you some chocolates. We'll, uh, you know, we love you. We we're all for the Irish every day except when you play us at anything, right? We're yeah. the biggest Notre Dame fans out there. We love you in Charlottesville. We love you in Boston.
3: Well, they're just making so much more now, too, with, uh, I mean, it's, I, I, what's it going to take for Notre Dame? We, we kind of know. <laughs> it's, well, it's not just time. It's like the world is caving in on us type feeling. They're going to go play for a national championship that we're excluded from because we're not playing ball with them. Type deal. That's why we're gonna have to join one of these super it's conferences. Be a while, though, that would be the, for that event. reason. But I mean, until then, I, if I'm Notre Dame, I'm not.
2: I'm in no hurry.
0: Me neither. But, me but, but, but so, is, how much does that suck if you're Virginia, I, or Boston College? But I don't know.
2: Pitt. I don't know if it's you have to join one of the, the super conference in order to in order to play in the in the playoff that we're putting together. They're independent, so that you could bring them in if they had. You come up with what qualifier you want for them. But if you're say Greg Sankey and you're, you would be under the pretense that Notre Dame needs to be a part of the super conference pact in order to compete. Well, if do you really want them with the Big Ten? That You would want them with you if you're going to combine the two conferences, but they would still be split in this world, right? Yeah. So uh, to me, I would rather them be independent where the Big Ten's not getting the money if I'm the SEC, I'm saying, from a business side of things. And... I don't have to compete or negotiate against Notre Dame's TV contract that's now included in whatever the Big Ten's offering.
0: Yeah, I mean that's complicated. What happens to their TV deal? Because clearly they're not just joining some conference. Well, the report was they were
2: willing. NBC was willing to go up to seventy-five million, but that just seems so. They might
0: be a member of a conference, but they're not TV deal wise.
2: Well, TV deal wise, like they they would stay independent. That that NBC would have them exclusively under the independent. Uh, umbrella. So th- this is kind of crazy
0: how attractive they are to your conference even though they're not part of your TV deal or are they on your TV no, deal if, when they're I, on the no, road? I, no I, I'm
2: saying if they join a conference they're, they're going to get a hundred million instead of 75.
3: Well the only way the ACC could just save themselves with Notre Dame is they give them a much bigger piece of the pie. We're going to give you this percentage of this and now we're going to take a hit we're going to take a financial hit on the TV deal for all of our current member schools so that we're safe. And then, but that's where Clemson boat. and Florida State and Miami, who have some power, could come back and say, hell no. Right. Let's. We're calling Greg Sankey right now so we can go to the SEC. But Virginia right. and if Boston College and Pitt, Pitt
0: have to say yes.
2: Did Missouri and Vandy take oh, a cut absolutely. Whenever, from the payout whenever well, Texas and Oklahoma I mean, Oklahoma go down joined? the list. That would be my response.
3: Anyone who's got an option, North Carolina, Virginia, all those schools are going to come back and just – do whatever it takes to, to get to Big Ten yeah,
0: or no SEC choice. at that point. Or give up whatever they have to give up to
2: a in, risk a, risk. in a
0: whole ACC for Notre Dame.
2: I, I think you have to be aggressive, even if you don't want to present the, your case don't, to the masses. Don't
0: panic, but be aggressive. Yeah,
2: but even though Sankey's saying, like, we're, we're not rushing to add a score, I mean, it's not like he's sitting back, not doing anything behind the scenes. Kevin Warren was extremely aggressive at the podium well, right. about this. Sankey meanwhile, might Jim, not... Jim Phillips is like, nope, this is about the student-athlete. Yeah. I haven't heard anything about a GPA in years Sankey within might college athletics. Sankey
0: might not be being aggressive, but if Florida State's going and talking to the Big Ten, he, he's not sitting back not calling.
2: Yeah. We're going to wrap up the show and tell you what to watch tonight and get you ready for the NFL slate of news tomorrow. That's next on Outkick 360. Flipping channels last night, Major League Baseball. Um, I don't know if you guys will appreciate this or not, but I'm, I'm watching Albert Pujols. Who's, he's hit seven homers now. He hit one last night. Um, he's 41, according to Major League Baseball. His birth certificate would tell you he's 45. Looks and 45. He, I mean, he, he has been done for a couple of years based on his play. But all of a sudden... Post-All-Star break. He's starting to hit a homer pretty regularly.
0: Derby worked opposite on him.
2: And I watched him get to the plate last night at the Rogers Center. He became the oldest player to hit a home run at the Rogers Center. And I thought to myself, you're Albert Pujols and you've announced that you're retiring after the next two and a half months. Don't you just go on the gas and just crush the baseball and have a home run derby over the next two months trying to get to 700? He's 14 shy of it. He's not going to get it. Unless you're on the juice, and then what difference does it make? No, and no one's even talking about that. And he's the storyline. Oh, he's the he's the uh, what, what was the, the line after at the home run derby? He's the he's the great storyline of the home run derby based on him being 41 years old plus. Oh, he's
3: 42, about to be 43, I think.
2: Oh, he's 45, so. Here's the about question. 46, uh,
3: here's the question.
2: According to the Angels,
0: if he if he did that and he tested positive, would they cover it up? Of course.
2: I mean, they're covering up, changing up baseballs, right? I would,
3: (laughs) if I were them. This is one I would actually cover up, if I were baseball. Well, I don't (laughs) know. The baseball thing is wild, but I I would cover up them on Nobody, No
0: name has been You're not
3: saying he's doing it. You're just saying that would be your mindset if you were going to go out with a
2: bang. Like, let's go ahead. I'm
0: saying. Hutton is of the mindset to juice.
2: I'm of the mindset of being entertained. And I'm entertained if Albert Pujols is hitting a home run. I'm bored home to runs death to be awesome otherwise.
0: If he hit 14 home runs, it'd be awesome to get to 700. That'd be unbelievable.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm not advocating for cheating, but he's advocating when, when, when at the plate, entertain me.
0: How about Yankees Royals tonight? So Ben Attendee simply flips sides.
2: He's gonna lead I off. I love that. Lead off for the Yankees. Love it. What if they hit him? <laughs> <laughs> You drank for our guy. We didn't get enough. Hey, have fun with all that Fire. winning. Back at it tomorrow. Hope you'll join us for 360.
0: Don't block the box, but do lock your locks.